Good day, friends. Thank you so much for joining uh, our episode on Share the Well. The last couple of weeks, you probably heard of our discussion about Ravi Zacharias. I think Ravi Zacharias forms the context of the discussion. Essentially, it's not really about him. I know there's been a lot of discussion around him and and the ministry itself, but uh, we use that as context to really examine our own lives and. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation between Abhilash Johnson and myself. One of the things that we left out in that conversation, which we actually realized, and I think I probably mentioned that in the end of the second episode, is some of the practical considerations for uh, what this means to us uh, as believers of Jesus Christ and followers of Christ, what it means to us in the way that we should live. What are the lessons and warnings that we can pick up and answering some of the practical questions like, hey, can we use some of the material that Ravi Zacharias has, has produced? Um, what does it mean to kind of be international? Is there a category like that? What does it mean to be under a local church, under the authority of a local church? Uh, what good can come out of this? So. We discussed some of those questions. Uh, hopefully they are helpful to you. I know many that I know, my friends have been struggling to kind of make sense out of all of this, uh, specifically having invested a lot of time. You know, what, you know, you might, you may be thinking, I invested so much of time in listening. Uh, is this going to be useful? Uh, so some of those questions hopefully will be answered uh, in our discussion. It was beneficial for me i can tell you it greatly benefited the three of us uh, from you know what i've discussed with uh, abilash and johns so hopefully this is a blessing take a listen i'll talk to you end of the episode all right so i i, I don't think the um the issue in itself is a problem but i think everybody abundant it's abundantly clear that it's, it's an issue and it's not right um there are some theological issues right i think which we discussed a little bit um, and and then there are some practical issues that, w- that we're going to probably delve deeper into today. You know, so I think the theological issues, is he saved? The big question, right? Um, and I, I don't know if he'll have a definitive answer uh, for it. And there will be like the spectrum of responses, right? Is Ravi Zacharias saved? We're going to have a spectrum of responses. Um you know, can believers live like this, right? Um, that's another, you know, kind of theological question. Then I think it gets down to some of what we're going to do today is like practical questions, right? Um, you guys are okay with that, right? Yes, 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 we are. Yeah? We are. Uh, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's, let's then, yeah, let's think through, you know, I'll start here and then we can kind of uh, deep dive. Um, so how do you personally, right, use Ravi's material legacy, right? Would you keep his books in your house if somebody, would you burn your, burn the books? No, you wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) If someone comes with an issue, would you suggest one of Ravi's books? Would you suggest it with caveats? What, how would you respond to these, the, the material that he has produced over these years? Who are on to go first? I can explain why this question is so difficult because uh, I have benefited from those his materials so much, mm. and uh, it's 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 hard to decide. On on one hand, uh, 
we believe that all truth is God's truth, right? Uh, because uh, God is a God of truth, and Jesus said, "I am the truth." Uh, so truth can come from anywhere. But uh, would I want to listen to somebody who speaks the truth, but whose life did not show that same truth? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but can others benefit from that book? Those books, uh, maybe yes. Um, it's it's hard to throw away something that has really been helpful. Um, but at the same time, uh, if uh, if I suggest somebody else apart from Ravi Zacharias to a student who's asking me, can't that person provide the same truth? So I'm still thinking through that question. So I defer to John's or Don. If you all have any thoughts, maybe I can learn. Hmm. John's, what do you think, John? Uh, I mean, I. I would, uh, you know, re recommend his book if we are discussing a very specific topic, and I think that he has written well on a specific topic. Um, you know, I mean, just as I, you know, I would, re re you know, re recommend a book, uh, you know, by a non-Christian who might be living a very immoral life, but I know that on this specific topic, uh, he mm -hmm. writes well. Uh, you know, so when I will uh, give the book also, I will make it very clear that I want you to read maybe these sections and maybe read this book to understand this specific topic. But outside of this topic, I don't recommend this, uh, you know, individual. Mm. Um, uh, you know, so so that's what, I mean, recently somebody, I was talking to somebody and, uh, you know, I knew that, uh, uh, you know his, uh, uh, you know sermon. You know Jesus among um, among you know other gods. Um, you know, and and actually, I told this individual that uh, if you want to get get a general understanding of how Jesus is different from other gods, please listen to him. Uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, you know there are a, a lot of issues, uh, you know, with with his person. Uh, you know, which if you want, we can discuss later. But on this topic, please listen to him. So, yeah. mm. so mm. when you say topics, that would mean uh, I'm assuming most of his earlier works on apologetics and philosophy yes, yes, and the yes. presuppositional aspects, those kind of things, right? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, I mean, I, actually, another caveat I I I have, which is in my own life, I have seen. And uh, and actually, you know, and now I tell people also that uh, you know, be very wary of of making a big deal about one aspect of faith. Uh, you know, you know, you know, apologetics. You know, apologetics is a very small aspect of our faith. You know, but if you look at uh, you know a ministry like RZIM or a person like RZIM, I mean, like Ravi. And you start imagining that because he is good in this, he must be, you know, an exemplary individual. Uh, that's not true at all. Uh, you know, because I know there are people, uh, I mean, I have been there myself. I know there are people who can argue very well intellectually, but that speaks absolutely nothing about their, uh, you know, private life, uh, you know. You know, so I have learned that myself, you know, in, you know, like in a hard way that apologetics has its place. Uh, 
but that's just a very small part of my faith life. So, yeah. John, what about yeah. you? What do you think? Yeah, I'm... Uh, I actually haven't... I've read... I'm uh, sorry, I've listened to more of him, but I've, I've read fewer books of him. You know, to John's point, I... I was fascinated by apologetics for a while, I think, about two or three years. Then I started to recognize it's uh, it's only one part. And mm-hmm. it seemed very like, uh, wow, this is suave and <laughs> all of the, you know, this wonderful words that come out of it. And, you know, people are like, how do I place the argument? And, uh, you know, very, it, it's, uh, it's seemingly very heady. I I started to recognize that, you know, like Johnji was saying, it's you know Christianity is holistic, and obsession about one aspect and one paradigm uh, may take us down the path. But yeah, I I'd say about four or five years. I mean, I followed him for about fifteen years, but I was like maybe four or five years, like a constant staple of listening to him more than reading. Um. I benefited from it, and I don't know how to how to recommend honestly. But I like John's John's. I like your approach. Uh, you yeah. know, if it's specific, and if it's uh, on a specific topic, and it makes sense, I think it's it's worthy to recommend. I'm just thinking, you know, the Bible in the Bible as well. Solomon wrote like you know what three books, right? Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, right? I mean, he had a terrible life. Um, you know, against God. So he, God incorporated his books as well, right, uh, into it. So I'm thinking that that would be a recommendation that we can go with. Right, right, yes. Right, so, yeah, that's good, that's good. Um, so, you know, coming back to a little bit on on organization, right, um, and I think we've spoke a little bit about this ministry thing, um, what do you guys think of just the, we have a lot of nonprofits which are operating under the guise of ministry. You know, what, what does kind of governance look like uh, specifically who are in the ministry or, or even administrative staff in these ministry, right? Um, they have, I think, a, you know, sources of income. There's a lot of, you know, power play and things like that what do you what do you guys think of what should be the governance and we see this governance in the on the corporate side much more kind of streamlined than we see on quote unquote ministry which is shouldn't that be opposite yeah very um, very interesting here the 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 management world has uh, picked up and acted on some of these good governance practices much more than Christian ministries, and that's that's ironic, right? Yeah, I mean, John, you, you you work in an organization, you probably see a little bit of the governance there, right? Um, it's kind of go for it. Sorry. Yeah, actually, um, you know, when I talk, you know, with you know, my, you know, some people in the management here also, uh, you know, actually, it's a it's a lot of things going together, right? Because, you know, because in a corporate, uh, you know, like, like, in a like in a business, um, uh, you know, enterprise, 
uh, you know, it's easy to streamline things because in a sense, um, now how do I put it? I mean, I mean, everybody uh, is, okay, everybody might not be working towards the same goal, uh, but largely the motivation is quite straightforward. You know, if you work well, you get paid well. Um, you know, if you try any of your stunts here, you know, you will suffer. And the and what you suffer is very, very tangible, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and you don't want to, and you don't want to, uh, you know, have your lifestyle, standard of living, income, any of those affected in any ways. Therefore, it's very easy to streamline people into that system. You know? But in a Christian ministry, what happens is, uh, you know, a lot of people, at least when they begin, you know, money is not a motivation. Uh, you know, so it becomes a lot more difficult to, to streamline people into a way of you know, functioning. Uh, you know, because the only motivation here is... Uh, you know, whether they are really committed to the Lord, whether they are growing in the Lord. And in our own experience, we have seen that a lot of people who come with a lot of zeal, you know, you know, over a period of years for, for whatever reasons, uh, you know, the zeal sort of fades away and then they are like somehow hanging around and then you can see they've become lazy in their work, um, you know, but then what do you do with that individual? You know, you can't, go and tell them that, you know, we'll not pay you next month. He'll say, I mean, I mean, I'm not here for the money anyways. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, any, any way you pay me peanuts. I mean, it's not that, you know, if you stop paying me, I'll stop eating. <laughs> uh, you know, so then it becomes, a, you know, becomes a much more difficult job to get such a person back on track because you have to go dig much deeper. Uh, you know, you have to understand the spiritual problems underneath uh, you know, and then, and that takes many months for a person to come back, um, you know, so, yeah, so, which is why I think it's a lot more difficult, uh, you know, in a Christian ministry setting than it is in a business enterprise. And I think that's, that's actually pretty much true. I mean, see, even if you look at scriptures, you know, we don't see a very streamlined uh, life of everybody, right? It's a very messy Affair, you know, whether you look at the uh, you know, life of Israel as a nation or kings as individuals, uh, you know, or the churches that Paul is uh, talking to, it's, it's actually very messy, um, you know. So, what happens in a business enterprise is all the personal private messiness you leave out of the door, um, you know, you just come, do your job, we'll pay you for it, you know, you, you have skills we need. You give us your skills, we'll pay you for it. Beyond that, we don't care what you do. Like, for example, if, if you know, Arzadayim was, uh, I mean, if Ravi Zakarias was a you know, CEO of a company, it would have been, wouldn't have been such a big deal. Um, you know, the company would have just, you know, moved on. You know, the company wouldn't close its shop. Um, you know, but, you know, but, but here the dynamics are very different, which is why, uh, you know, which is why the you know director here that I uh, you know I'm quite close to, he keeps saying that the uh, you know only way that we can uh, make a Christian organization work is by learning how to display grace. 
but the problem with that approach is it takes time uh, you know you know and uh, yeah and, and i largely tend to believe that actually uh, yeah. Yeah. so you know m- m- the the thing that i'm thinking of is should not the floor meaning the bare minimum be a level of accountability that you have in the corporate we understand that the like the deliverables itself right what you deliver what you produce is you know it's got an economic bend and in the ministry it's got more than economic bend right it's dealing with people it's dealing with life issues there's there's much more to it but i'm i'm just thinking of just the floor meaning a bare minimum of of governance and accountability should should that disappear um you know right what do you what do you think abilash um see in in rzim's case uh, it was not just a, a failure of governance on one person's part but uh, the organization itself uh, yeah. seemed to um, not display good governance right so when as an organization uh, everyone is pretty much complicit there's not much that can be done except the people the ultimate so called consumers should have hold them up which is us the public and as john was saying i was thinking that in a business uh, i think the people the consumers or the shareholders or the public at large i think they are generally skeptical of business so they're skeptical uh, they are generally skeptical and so uh, the business has a good motivation to uh, keep governance good governance in place whereas for a christian organization is the other way around we are generally trusting and mm. our uh, and so their governance is low as an organization their governance can be low and so i think in this case uh, for us the public are we should probably raise our skepticism dial right from the start only then can uh, an organization as a whole be uh, practice good governance in place yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal point so in our own minds like are you skeptical about your own self right are you are you skeptical about your own self i would say yes um, you know quite skeptical actually i mean knowing knowing how depraved i am mm. uh, i know that unless i have you know very clear safety and accountability measures around me uh, you know then the que- after that the question is not really if i will fall it's just a matter of when <laughs> you know so you know so you know so then i mean i have learned from experience that you know that i have to be extremely alert you know and vigilant about where my thoughts go where my actions go you know what my mind is dwelling on uh, you know I mean, if you were to ask me it's actually you know quite a i mean i can't say difficult life but uh, you know it's a lot of hard work mm-hmm. um, um, you know so you know Uh, another thing just to just to uh, you know you know while we were dis- i mean uh, while i mean because we're discussing organizations uh, you know I, i have over the period of of last of past many years i'm forming an opinion which again i don't know if it's right or wrong but i'm forming an opinion 
where i am becoming little wary of para church organizations uh, because uh, i mean the i mean the opinion i am forming is that any para church organization um should be under a local church um you know uh, because the only uh, umbrella of accountability that the bible has given is a local church um you know and the moment a, a christian ministry goes out of that uh, you know biblical framework of accountability um you know then it is anybody's take you know i mean you just um, you know we have a board uh, yeah so what um you know but but if i am uh, you know spiritually accountable to a local church uh, you know then it becomes part of the church's responsibility to ensure uh, you know what i do where i am where my organization is uh, you know so then i am i am you know i'm growing to be quite wary of para church organizations who have um, you know if you were to ask their leaders you know they don't even have a local church you know they are so busy traveling they don't even have a i mean they have membership in a church but they have no active role in the church the church uh, you know uh, you know and i i think it's extremely dangerous it's a recipe for disaster that's a very very you know very good point i think one of the questions that we had here was kind of the role of the local church and the you know if you're not plugged in locally somebody who is kind of seeing you flesh and blood and you're this high flying you know jet setting uh pers- personality or person you're you're you know most likely you 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 as you said it's a recipe for disaster it really is a recipe for disaster um abhilash i don't know if you have any thoughts yes um i can understand why they are uh, organizations would not want to come under a local church or that idea doesn't even cross their mind it it goes back to their theology of the church right the church comprises uh, just a few ordinary individuals who are weak who who are just living their ordinary lives what can they provide to me or to us as an organization uh, what they fail to realize is that uh, the church is god's instrument for change in the world using weak people so uh, that weakness or the apparent weakness can seem to make the local church not uh, worth anything not worth coming under a banner of so it again comes down to a, an incorrect view of the church according to the bible mm. solid point yeah very yeah. good very good yeah the um coming back to kind of skepticism right a uh, little bit uh at least i can confess that you know over the years i i become overconfident in my own ability and so that is a malaise i think overall that then what happens to us also is that like these organizations or personalities we just buy it lock stock and barrel once you know you're kind of familiar with them you kind of then assume and presume that okay you know without a good health healthy self doubt both for your own self john as you were saying about your own self of how you are you know progressing right or and that self doubt of your own self can translate back into right 
questioning and asking the right kind of questions and being, you know, healthily asking the questions, right? One of the things that we've, you know, in our session, we've started to ask now more often is, you know, do you, how is your struggle with lust, you know, uh, in some sense, um, how are you surrendering that, you know, lustful thoughts in your mind? We're all men, right? Um, and so that's a permanent question that comes up every meeting. And we want to understand if a brother is struggling, extraordinarily struggling, or had a bad month, you know, with that, or or is slowly starting to drift, right, in that when we say a couple of months, then, you know, we really have to be accountable to one another, which is not really asked quite often, even in the church setups, right? Uh, you know, we don't have people asking, hey, how are you doing around that area? Here's, here's, right. here's an example of how uh, we can uh, fail to be discerning uh, when it comes to Christian organization. Uh, when it comes to a business, we are, are we, we are very skeptical, right? And when you ask the, the executive team or the board questions, uh, and if they're dodging the question, everyone knows, right? Everyone knows, even though you make so much of money out of these businesses. But when a Christian organization dodges a question, uh, we fail to realize it because our skepticism is so low. Mm. So I think I think that discernment level should be as uh, high towards a Christian organization as we have towards uh, a, a business. Uh, be prepared to call people out when they dodge questions, when they are unclear in their practices, when they don't give clear answers. Um, yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Um, excellent. So uh, I think we spoke a little bit about transparency and building trust. Uh, you know, Romans 13, Ephesians 4, kind of living in the light. I think we spoke a little bit in, in the previous. Um, how can the ministries kind of live like that? One is local church. Any other means that that the, the these organizations can kind of live in the light there are some audit agencies that do it but any any other things that you guys have seen in terms of ideas um, of being transparent and staying transparent not just you know one-off in my mind i can only think of the local church mm. uh, um, because even if you have audit, uh, you know, like for example, I mean, you know, I mean, RZIM has been members of all kinds of, um, you know, accountability, like you know, EC, what's called EC something, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, they have been uh, you know, members of you know, all these, uh, you know, organizations, uh, mm. you know, so it's so it's so it's evident that you know they don't work. Uh, and I'm not surprised that it d d yeah. doesn't work because God hasn't ordained these bodies to maintain the uh, you know spiritual health uh, you know of His people. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Again. Again. A view of the church. A view of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A right yeah. view of the church. So. So what? How can? How can we kind of think about? local versus global. 
So how how do you guys kind of see, hey, if it is global, I know we need to kind of locally submit ourselves. I think Watchman Nee in his book, Spiritual Authority, talks about that. Kind of if you move from one locality to the other, find somebody from a spiritual authority angle and actually submit to them. But how do you then how do you then kind of distinguish local and global? Like these global ministries, Ravi Zacharias international ministries, right? So how how, how do we how do we kind of think through that? Should we be local only or the problem comes when uh, an organization has an, an inflated view about their ability. Uh, uh, they, do, they fail to think of uh, their limitations as people um, thinking that, hey, God needs me to expand his kingdom. If, if I'm not here, God's kingdom will not expand. So which is why a vision that is not just larger than life, but a, a plan and an execution that is so global that uh, the local, somehow the global is everything, right? So a failure to think of one's limitation and that God is in charge and he is uh, building his kingdom, not not me. Uh, and that's what makes, makes a, 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 an ambition for global work and global influence uh, take over uh, the ordinary and the mundane in the local. I mean, one thing I was uh, thinking about was, uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong in having a ministry which has global reach, uh, you know, but if individuals, uh, especially leaders, I mean, not just leaders, I, I would say you know, anybody in the ministry, if they are not, uh, you know, plugged into a local church and spend a good chunk of their time, uh, you know, in the local church, uh, you know, then I, you know, we shouldn't care much about their global ministry. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't see like, like I think I mentioned last week also, I cannot imagine why an organization will allow any of their leaders to, stri- to travel 300, 320 days a year. You know, I think that itself should make you think this is not good. You know, this is, this is very dangerous. Uh, you know, you should have some limit. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously there's no biblical limit. So you have to place some limit that we will allow our leaders to travel 100 days a year. You know, I mean, the rest of the 250 days, 265 days of the year, you're plugged into a local church. You know, you know, you are not the pastor there. You are not the you know, all in all there. You are a member there submitting to the authority of the elders. You work. Uh, I think those those um, you know those safety nets are very important. George, so, apart from safety net, uh, why? What would you say is the what are the reasons for why a person should be plugged into the local church? So, for example, uh, say the same case of Ravi Zacharias, right? Mm. He could have a much broader influence as a itinerant preacher who's traveling, right? So uh, he can influence millions more uh, instead of being plugged into a local church. So uh, what is he actually missing out mm-hmm. when he is part of a local church, when it can always be countered with the statement that, hey, I'm having more influence outside. W- what is that aspect of being part of the local okay. church uh, that is mis- that is missed out? 
okay i uh, you know um, see i have to begin by saying that the local church is the is the theater in which god has ordained spiritual growth to happen um you know so that is where we um you know i rub shoulders with brothers and sisters and sometimes it's messy we learn from our messiness we grow we learn to exercise grace you know others see my weaknesses my strengths you know i mean i have you know elders who you know who actually watch over my soul uh, you know it's 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 actually a very dynamic body you know a lot of things happen there you know which 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 aids and which is fundamental to an individual's uh, you know spiritual growth and if you take that out um, you know i mean i mean a person who takes himself out of that uh, you know that god ordained means of growth right. is making himself a fish out of water um, you know you can't uh, you know it's impossible you know there's no biblical you know way to say that i can manage or there's no biblical substitute for the local church yes yes, yes exactly yeah yeah right yeah i i think there's uh, you know i've always seen it as organism and organization organization is is kind of inanimate or you know body right when Jesus always refers to the church as his body is connected to its head and this is the local body all the local bodies together become the global body but you have to operate locally in order to make an impact obviously globally so people pull away from that local body and try to create another proxy global uh, body which is again sometimes disconnected from you know i don't know if any uh you know if there are i haven't seen too many you know like um, value statements in organizations saying that if you have a local chapter you need to be under the local you know church body no it's the central organ headquarters that basically runs the show for mm-hmm. an organization right in fact in the in the corporate world we are all subject to local laws it's funny right uh, if you have like global organization let's say merck right where i work all the msd this you know msd which is you know we call outside of the us they are all subject to local bodies they're registered in their own com- country they have to follow their rules there are different rules in the country that is different from global rules and it's funny that you know sometimes in these global organizations in the ministry you have no such thing mm. right they they are a body to themselves and they are an organization disconnected from the organism of the body of christ it's an right. interesting mm. interesting dichotomy there that can lead to rot and that's probably one of the reasons right all these organizations kind of eventually die if you mm. think about it right these these yeah, mega yeah. organizations right so yeah. go for it yeah i mean quickly to mention you know because you used uh, you know the idea of an organism you know i mean there and there's one thing that i keep thinking about and keep reminding myself is that uh, see in an organizational setup uh, um, you know growth 
can be measured in the terms of my productivity um you know but in the context of a body <laughs> biblically growth is measured in the context of fruit mm. right you cannot bear fruit you know unless there is life um, mm. uh, you know so then god is not actually really bothered about my productivity uh, you know he's bothered about my fruit so the assumption is that if there is fruit you will be productive you know but, but but if i am only bothered about productivity chances are i can fake it quite well without any fruit so yeah yeah phenomenal point phenomenal point so in terms of then kind of the culture that exists right um within the ministry i've seen like like uh, almost like um you know it's it's run by one man right in terms of we talk of government within the church right it's like uh, how are you structured in order to provide that safety net right, that we're talking of and the culture that exists um when we have these these men celebrity whatever right in the ministry it then becomes like this one man calling the shots right it's not essentially governance but i think it's got some yeah it's a little bit of governance but more of culture in um culture in this in these organizations is um is generally run by kind of you know it's almost like strong men <laughs> right you know uh, countries that have just like these despots or rulers they then call the shots right what's going to happen in the organization we i we see that i see that lot in the ministry circles then i see in let's say you know registered firms where you have to kind of you know so you know report to whatever stakeholders and stockholders and you know agencies and things like that so um is silence complicity right i think you you brought out that that word abilash how do we deal with that uh you know in in specifically in ministry circles like if he sees something how do we go about like tackling it i know matthew 18 kind of matthew 18 yeah it gives us uh gives us a pattern to kind of confront sin how do we kind of practically do that for like organizations like this that we've been benefiting from or individuals how do we kind of process that how do we not stay silent i i suppose we call it out um how do we call it out um i'm i'm sure there are uh, uh, means to which call out uh, in which we can call out such people um but but again the the how becomes easier if we if we recognize the what if we know that there is sin or uh, deception in place uh, half the battle is won our problem here is that we are not able to discern so uh, once i know that something is fishy here uh, i can um, I- i'll find ways to either disassociate with them or let people know or find alternatives or, or gently uh, confront them so so as to correct them hmm Yeah, I, yeah. I think, as you said, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Donald, is that uh, see, especially in organizations which are 
run by i mean not run by maybe but you know but but it's but it's focused around one individual right yes. and at least in you know at least in azudaim's case i believe i might might be wrong but i believe that you know he was the cash cow right i mean he was the one who got the money for the organization uh you know so what happens is uh you know see all the organization or the board had to do see i refuse to believe that nobody saw early warning signs you know i i i cannot imagine that you know so i refuse to believe no matter what they say you know so then if they when they saw early warning signs if somebody you know had spiritual authority over him and at that time all you had to do was to tell him you have to take 6 months off you know uh, you know you have to be under us and you have to take 6 months off and we deal with it at that time it would have been a very small matter right i mean i mean i i had that experience in my life which is why i'm speaking you know i mean you know if there's somebody to in a sense haul you up early then the matter is very small you know maybe he was just shown being too friendly with women who were not his wife that's all you know maybe that's where it started you know so at that time you don't even have to come public as in you come in you know on the internet on down on television and radio you know actually it's public but yet very private you know you know where only his you know, spiritual mentors or and the board of the organization needs to know you know that i think he needs to take a break you know i think he is drifting away it's only because the organization did not want to do that in the early phases of of this drifting process because he was the cash cow uh, you know so you just kept quiet and kept quiet and kept quiet and uh, you know you can't you can't fool god right uh, you know no one day god will say you know enough is enough you know i mean I, i mean my my i mean my work in the world is not running because of you or your organization you know so if you refuse to submit to me and my laws uh, you know i mean i i'll you know i mean i will not let my glory be tainted as simple as that so yeah you know i was thinking uh, another of the warning signs that we can watch out for in christian leaders and especially those who have influence um, is, uh, is 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 uh, how they uh, present the gospel or the faith now if you look at uh, again uh, we are talking of ravi zagras so if we look at his example um, he spoke a lot about a uh, philosophy and uh, and the faith and the person of jesus christ but if you think through the gamut of uh, things he has spoken you can speak about you can talk only so much about god without actually referring to the bible right you can talk only so much about or things around god without actually referring to the bible and for a christian that shows uh, is what role does the authority of scripture play in that person's life i know you're talking to a a person from another faith and you're trying to defend the faith but there's only so much you can talk about apologetics and everything else around the bible without actually referring to the bible so uh, that that could also have been a warning sign uh, when a, a christian quote unquote christian speaker goes out into the public at large and speaks yeah 
all these uh, you know lovely lines that make you like you know right. get you some goosebumps right lovely uh, lines and quotes from authors and uh, poets but not the bible itself because we believe mm. that at the end of the day it's uh, faith comes by hearing right and hearing comes from the word of god so it's mm. uh, it's the scripture god working through the scripture that changes the hearers not uh, apologetics and um, lovely uh, like you said quotes and diction yeah all right so i think we we've got you know about 9 9 10 minutes here um I'll maybe end with these two questions. I have two questions. I think that they they might make sense uh, for us. And also, I think just thinking about us and our friends, you know, uh, that need that encouragement. Uh, you know, how about the guys who are deeply disappointed by this? Right? What are some of the practical steps to that you've taken after having seen this, or that you would recommend? Um, I know there's been some here and there, but kind of a focus one or two or two or three whatever points that you have from a recuperation standpoint right to kind of get back to from negative to at least to the neutral zone right? for people who have been devastated or like been deeply disappointed by this uh, and the second question is what good can come out of this right how how can how do you see god working through uh, even this messiness to bring about his glory i would uh, after the souls a uh, scandal and the shake up um, it it has uh, again uh, it it has definitely come as a surprise because we didn't expect of all people that uh, this person ravi zakaras would fall so hard uh, it it just it, it's a time for me and probably probably for all of us to uh, reorient our mind and uh, start appreciating a life of the mundane a life of the ordinary um what we do in the little things uh the ordinary things that are said before us our families our relationships our personal holiness uh is 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 tremendously valuable to god tremendously valuable uh, our faith is something that god tests with fire right because he values the faith that we uh, produce that that we have and how we exhibit our faith in the small things so for me it's it's again calling me back to uh, to focus hard on the little things and the mundane and and be wary of uh, things that will uh, give me limelight or the spotlight uh, they may come but uh, just just to to be to be aware of the propensity of my heart towards sin when uh, big big opportunities come my way yeah go hard after the small things if i may put it like that actually one thing that helped me was uh, uh you know was to you know have a stronger sense of you know our depravity um you know uh, you know and therefore i was not shocked um you know uh, i mean if i know that unless i am growing in you know the god ordained means of grace um you know uh, i should expect this uh, you know uh, 
I should actually be surprised if I see an individual uh, not growing in the means of grace that God has ordained in the Bible. I should be surprised when he doesn't fall. Yes. Uh, you know, because Bible makes it very clear. This is how you grow. You know, and the moment you pull yourself out of it, uh, you know, I should expect people to fall. You know, because if they don't fall, what I'm saying is the Bible is wrong. Right. So, so I should expect them to fall. Uh, you know, so therefore I was actually not very shocked because over the last decade or so, there were many small things here and there, which I thought Arzadaim was going off track, uh, you know, so, you know, so I was not surprised at all, you know, and, and, you know, and, and what uh, sort of helps me is, uh, you know, as, you know, Abhilash is also saying, uh, you know, that tells me how important these ordinary means of grace are. Uh, you know, I mean, we are always looking for something extraordinary, you know, <laughs> you know but, but I think the Bible is absolutely clear that faith is built in the ordinary. Yes. Um, yes. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and therefore, uh, that's how it is, you know, if you, if you have made a lifestyle of, of, uh, you know, of the extraordinary, uh, you know, then you are in a very dangerous situation. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, you know, you see the mighty power of God in the mundane, and you know, God, Jesus Himself, thirty years He spent in anonymity, right? He he had like just a normal life, and I think when He came out to be baptized, you know, John the Baptist. Uh, put him in the water, brought him out, and Jesus, God the Father said, you know, here is my son who in whom I am well pleased. Right? No miracle, you know, no great, uh, you know, uh, show of the power of God, but just being ordinary man, you know, serving his family, taking care of his mother and his brothers. Um, that was, God was well pleased with him. And so can we be, I think. And also, I think it gives us hope, right? Yes. It gives us hope that you don't have to be great shakes in this earth. You know, you don't have to make a name for yourself and, yeah, you know, have some ministries lined up after you go to these conferences and speak and, you know, write some 10 books about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can do all of that if God allows you to do, but they're not they don't define you, right? They don't give you kind of value. I think identity is found in Christ. Right. When you say what good can come out of it, uh, see, let's be real. At a global level or at, a, at, the, at, at the scale of God's kingdom level, nothing good is going to come out of it. It's an organization that came and it died and it's a blip on the screen. It's, this event is not something that will transform the kingdom of God and suddenly shift the pivot it from a wrong track to a right track. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Right? Globally, um, this event is not going to be any significant factor, but it's an opportunity for us at an individual level to uh, reevaluate our our lives and understand where we where do we place our hope on? Where does our focus lie? Is it on the big things, uh, the occasional big things that draw us? fame and attention or is it in the small things and I think that that really counts you're adding one more brick to the 
to the to the body that is the church or uh, another member uh, working and doing his or her part in the body that is Christ with him as the head i think that that really counts a lot John, yeah i think um, yeah i think you know uh, what good will come out of it um, well there are plenty we can talk about uh, you know because um, you know like like and the fact that we are having this discussion itself is a good that has come out of it yes <laughs> uh, you know so you know so there is a lot we can talk about you know but i think you know one or two things that you know came to my mind was the fact that this should uh, you know be a warning to all of us as we already discussed that we shouldn't measure our own spiritual lives or the spiritual life i'm sorry spiritual maturity uh, whether it be our own or of anybody else by the exploits they do Um, you know you know because the bible is absolutely clear i mean if you were to take a passage like matthew chapter 7 21 onwards you know here here a group of people come to christ and say now we did this we did this we cast out demons and you know and what jesus said is i don't know you you know you workers of lawlessness you know and that's that's tragic right uh, um, you know so you know so therefore we have to be absolutely clear that god is not impressed by our exploits um, you know see i mean he doesn't need a ravi zacharias or a johns george he doesn't i mean he can do everything on his own you know so then so then even if i have been given a ministry i know i should have this uh, you know this i mean i should i should handle it with fear and trembling right yes you know because it's i have not been handed this uh, because god has nobody else to do this job um you know so so i i should actually be very i mean there has to be a very strong sense of fear yes um yes um you know the you know that that i have even been you know considered worthy to even do this um you know so i think that at least for in my in my own life that was something that i really learned uh you know and sec- secondly you know um, to know that uh you know you know you i mean we cannot fool god right i mean we i mean you know i mean i mean it might go on for a we while we tried we tried yeah yeah exactly <laughs> try you know you know but then you know i sh- i should be very clear that this god that we are dealing with um you know i mean he is he's king of the universe right he is the same person who has made it very clear that at the end of the age he will destroy his enemies in a in a you know in you know in a sense in a you know in a display of destruction that the world has never seen uh, you know that's who you are dealing with you know so i better be very careful and and live with a sense of fear and trembling before him um, you know you know i mean i mean i mean i learned that from from him let's see i'm just just imagine 50 plus years of ministry uh, you know you know you know completely you know i mean nothing it just absolutely demolished in a few months yes. you know yeah, i mean you know god is no man's fool uh, you know and and he will not be fooled you know it's as plain as that so yeah 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 thank thank you guys i i think this this is this is good 
you know, in terms of just the practical, some of the practical questions that I think, you know, the three of us can think of and, and, um, and come up. I, I, I don't think we're going to forget the pandemic. We're not going to forget Ravi Zacharias's, you know, you know, fall from grace. <laughs> Happened in the same kind of year, right? Uh, it was two kind of earthquakes in that sense, you know. People call him the apologist of the century and things like that. It's crazy. And uh, so I think those two kind of, you know, milestones, uh, we won't forget in our life. And I hope that it's not just forgetfulness, but I think it's the warning that you said of, one, who we are dealing with. Second, as you guys said, what is important for God? Third, what has God instituted in the on the earth for us to stay healthy, spiritually, and fruitful, right? And to love what God tells us to do locally and, uh, you know, to love the mundane and to get after, right? Strive after the mundane. Right, right. And to and to yeah. love brothers locally, right? And be live in the light, right? Romans 13, Ephesians 4. There's freedom in that, and we don't need these big time global ministries that we often I've often craved, you know. Um, but mm. I think God's warning is not required one sheep at a time by one conversation, one moment, and one day. Right. Yeah. So why don't you pray, Abhi, and uh, we can close this time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys sparing time. I know you got up early to do this. But, uh, Abhi, why don't you close us out? Father, we pray that as we have discussed these things, uh, Lord, guard our hearts, Lord. Uh, you have uh, predestined us to be conformed to the image of your Son, and you will do it. And so we pray that we would walk in step with the Spirit, that after all this, talk that we are giving to the to others through this podcast lord that we should not fail ourselves um, teach us the value of the ordinary lord our uh, the biggest ministry that you've uh, put before us lord immediately lord our wives our children our immediate families and uh, what we are doing through them lord help us to value these uh, tremendously because they are valuable to you uh, help us to be watchful of the small things that we do every day, especially with uh, things like starting off the day by being ref by refreshing our souls in your word and uh, giving to others out of the outflow that you are pouring in us, Lord. Uh, we don't want to deceive ourselves and deceive others. So help us in this journey. And if it pleases you, Lord, that we would uh, be a fruit to many others and a blessing many others, Lord, to build the church to build your body in the small things, Lord, not in the big things. Uh, small but strong pieces of stone that will eventually make the church strong and bring about your kingdom. This is what we want to strive for and we want to just do our part, Lord, not to overshoot our boundaries. Help us, Lord, and to be content with whatever we have. Hear our prayers. Uh, and we pray that it would please you to answer it. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thank you, friends, for joining in the episode. Uh, I know it's been tough three weeks uh, listening to that. Um, we would have 
any day avoided this discussion but it has come to us and don't think we can duck it and and uh, you know you know shove it under the carpet right now i want to thank johns and abilash for really being vulnerable and talking through some of these key issues and really appreciate their friendship and i've learned so much just uh, listening to them reminded of a verse um from matthew 16:26 it says for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul the question before us friends is what is worth our soul is it productivity is it ministry is it achievement is it recognition from the world i'd say nothing is and it starts with holiness personal holiness before the lord it comes with constant repentance as the spirit of god leads us into repenting as we spend time with him in the word of god and then accountability at the local level in the church some of these key elements are critical i know john summarized it you know with the statement when he said people worry about productivity than about fruitfulness so with that question in mind uh, hopefully this dialogue has helped uh, if there's anything that we can do please you know reach out to us through our website it is sharethewell.community or you know drop us a comment in the platform that you stream this podcast if not hope you enjoyed the dialogue and discussion and uh, have a wonderful and blessed week god bless you